Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Okay, yeah, that's a little more like it. Thank you. My name is Pastor Matt. I'm one of the staff pastors here. Thank you uh, for being at church this morning. Or if you're watching online, we're glad that you're joining us today. And we are starting a new series called Emotions. Fun little uh, video, just real quick. But we're looking at emotions that Jesus himself experienced. And I'm actually really excited about every single week in this series. Next week, Pastor Jamal is going to share from that story of Jesus, you know, where he goes to the temple and then he like flips tables over because he's so angry. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a different kind of story for Jesus. He's going to be unpacking that story, angry like Jesus. And Pastor Bonnie is going to do a week on anxiety, which I, I don't know, it doesn't matter how many messages you've heard on anxiety, I think you can always just hear, hear another one. And so she's going to be tackling that uh, from looking at the life of Jesus as well. And so I'm actually really excited about everything that we're doing in this series. And so what we're looking at today, this is the question that we're going to be answering, that we're going to be thinking about. Where is God when you hurt? Where is God when you hurt? Where is God when you hurt? If I'm going to be, you know, vulnerable for a minute, you know, even just talk about anxiety really quick. You know, it's something that the last couple years I've seen come up a little bit in my family and even a little bit in my own life. And it wasn't too long ago I kind of felt like I was, you know, going, dealing with some of those feelings, you know. If, if you're in the room and you can identify, like, you kind of get fixated on something, you think about something, it's kind of the only thing you can think about, and, and, and these feelings come, and, and you start to, to hurt. You, you can even hurt a little bit, right? You, you can panic or freak out, and, you know, for me, I was like, all right, I was, I was praying, I was quoting some scripture, but where is God when you hurt? I, I was like, I feel this way, Lord, and I, I, I just kind of had to wait it out. I had to wait for these feelings to go away, and, and I, like, again, I was kind of fixated on something, and where's God when you hurt? It, 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 was, it was, I was a little disappointed in myself, I guess I could say, and I'm guessing that many of us in the room can relate to that, maybe anxiety or worry is something that's become more real for you. I mean, we're on the heels of a worldwide pandemic. That makes a lot of sense if you found yourself a little more anxious or possibly lonely. Do you know that the UK now has a minister of loneliness? Like you have a minister of defense, right? You have a you know, minister of education. They have a minister of loneliness because that's how crazy it's gotten. Where is God when you hurt? Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's loneliness. You know, this whole pandemic has caused us to, to look at ourselves and to think about mortality, to think about death. Most of us here have probably lost somebody. We've lost two people in our church as a result of COVID and, and what's going on in the world. And so where is God when you hurt? Where is God when you hurt? Sometimes we feel like God is just old, cold, and in the sky. Where's God when you hurt? He's old, cold in the sky. He's old, he's, he, he's up there, he's, he's punishing me, he's angry with me, right? That's why I'm hurting right now. Because if I had made different decisions, if I did different things with my life, then I wouldn't be going through what I'm going through right now. And so he's punishing me, God's angry. That's why I'm hurting. Where's God when I'm hurting? He's angry. And so I just have to learn my lesson and then things will change. Pastor Matt, you do an altar call after this. I'll come up to the altar, I'll learn my lesson, and then God won't be mad at me anymore. Where's God when you hurt? He's, he's old, or maybe he's, he's cold. Maybe part of you feels like 
there's something about God that there's some kind of satisfaction he has from when I'm hurting. Where's God when you hurt? Well, that's kind of his job, isn't it, right? To make me uncomfortable because joy in my life, that's going to distract me from what God wants. And so I guess when I'm hurting, I'm in God's will, right? That, that's what God really wants for me. I have to be suffering. I have to be in pain to serve God. And I'm not sure how many of you in the room wrestle with those types of thoughts. That's something that I think about sometimes. And I bet there are even some people here that actually this could be the reason that you've been far from God. Because you have viewed God this way, like he's some kind of cosmic sadist in the sky. He's cold and he, his job is just to make your life uncomfortable. That's his whole job. And so you, why would I want something to do with that? Where's God when I hurt? He's old, he's cold, he's in the sky. He's distant. He's far away. He's indifferent. I'm sure God loves everybody. Yeah. He's God. He knows everything, sure. But when it comes to my situation, I don't really see him doing anything. Honestly, I don't really see him caring that much about it. I'm not a pastor. I'm nobody special. He's in the sky. He's answering the big prayers, but... Me, I had this moment of anxiety and, and these feelings, or, or, or somebody said something to me, and, and it kind of triggered it, and, and, and it's little. I feel kind of embarrassed that this is why I'm hurting, and God, he, he's worried about the big stuff. This, th- th- he's, he's old, he's cold, he's in the sky. Where is God when you hurt? Well, today we're going to go right to the source, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus, like we said. That's what this whole series has been. Emotions that Jesus himself experienced and how he used them for God's glory. And so we actually did a series about a year ago called You're Not the Boss of Me. And it was about emotions, if you remember that. Where we talked about how we didn't want emotions to get the better of us, that, you know, we're in control. But in this series, instead of viewing emotions like kind of uh, maybe they're in the way or, you know, being reactionary. A lot of times our emotions are just are, are reactionary. We want to look at them from a gospel-centered perspective. What kind of emotions did Jesus experience, and how did he use that for God's glory? How did he live on purpose? And so Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was God in the flesh. So when we ask, where is God when you hurt, we could, we could say this. Where was Jesus when he saw hurt? Where was Jesus when he saw hurt? And Jesus, he experienced human emotion. For example, when he saw religious leaders who cared more about laws and rules than they did about people, Jesus had a righteous anger. And when he sent his 72 followers out to you know, perform miracles and do healing and they came back and they reported how God had used them, Jesus felt a huge sense of joy that God had used them and they were in God's will. When his friend Lazarus died, Jesus felt a profound sense of sadness. And when Jesus was alone in the Garden of Gethsemane, he experienced loneliness. He experienced anxiety, knowing all the pain that was going to come. And so today, we're going to look at an emotion that Jesus felt, how Jesus feels towards others, and really how we can express that to others in our lives as well. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 7 today. So if you've got a Bible, you can open it up, or you've got it on your phone, you can uh, turn it on, whatever. 
Luke chapter 7, and, you know, it really helps knowing where we are for context. Plus, this story, it's kind of like part of a bigger picture that Luke is trying to um, paint for us. It's a piece to the puzzle, if you will. And so, the Gospel of Luke, it's all about Jesus' life. And there's kind of, you can divide it into a couple different sections. You see it on the screen there. The beginning of Luke's Gospel is the Christmas story about Jesus being born. That famous section of... uh, you know, shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks, you, you know, that, that part. So it's a Christmas story. Then it moves to Jesus' ministry in and around Galilee. And so Jesus, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God. He's talking about how things are going to be different. It's a totally new value system, and, and he's healing people, and he's showing what this kingdom of God looks like. Then the next section is Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and his ministry there and his teaching as he's heading towards Jerusalem. And then the last section is Jesus' Passion Week, his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead. And so those are kind of like the sections of Luke. And so today, we're going to be in the Galilee portion, the in and around Galilee section. So Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, and he's kind of showing it, not just through his words, but through his actions. He's doing these different things. And so Jesus has just come off preaching the Sermon on the Mount, really famous sermon, Maybe he preached it multiple times even. It could have been as he traveled. He used it many times. And so he preached this sermon, and he's healing and revealing this new kingdom of God, and then we get to our story. In Luke chapter 7, verse 11, you can follow along with me. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, here's the emotion, he felt compassion for her, and he said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. He said, young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man, or the corpse, sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped them all, and they began glorifying God, saying, a great prophet has risen among us. God has visited his people. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty crazy miracle, a pretty powerful story. But there's a lot to unpack that, that we need to look at, say, when we say, where is God when you hurt? First of all, think about this. Let's try to visualize the scene for a second. This is a funeral procession that's taking place. And it's not like today, where today, you know, you'd be in your car, you throw your hazard lights on, there's probably a police escort, you kind of hope nobody cuts you off, and you meet at the graveside, right? And that's kind of how it is today. You know, back then, this was a huge deal, a huge ordeal, a funeral procession moving through the town, coming out of the city. They would have had instruments, like flutes, tambourines. It was common at that time to hire professional mourners, people who would just like weep and, and wail to just draw attention to this funeral procession. This family is hurting. This family has lost a loved one. And as they were passing through, if you were in the city and you saw this, you actually would have been expected to now join this funeral procession, and, and, and to bring attention, and to say, oh man, the, the family, they're hurting, they're in pain. And then that's when Jesus 
enters the scene. And so what is the first thing that Luke shows us? Here's the first thing we see. Jesus saw the widow. Jesus saw the widow. Where's God when you hurt? He cares about you. He cares about you. He saw her. Look, there's some things that we don't know about the story. I mean, we don't know, you know, how her husband passed away. And we don't know how long she was a widow for, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. We're not sure. We're also not sure how old her son was. You know, Jesus says young man. So, I mean, 12, 15, 20. We're not really sure how old he was. But what we do know from the story is that she was a widow. And what that means is she could not provide for herself. And so you have to remember, this is a male-dominated society. Most of the time, women were not allowed to have a job, or they had to stay home, take care of children, and take care of household things, and, and that was it. And so if you didn't have a male to provide for you, you, you really didn't have a whole lot of options to make money to eat. And it's something that many of us, uh, I would say, maybe it's, it's hard for us to even picture what that's like. And so for her... You know, she, if we're just being honest, she had really like two options in front of her. She could prostitute herself to try to make enough money to eat, or she could become a beggar, or, or both. I mean, that, those were her options. So basically, not only has she lost somebody she loves, she's lost her husband, now she's lost her son. We talk about the emotion of, of losing someone you love, but now her future is over. Her life is over now as a result of this. It's as low as you can get. But Jesus saw her. Jesus saw her. There's over 40 references in the Gospels of Jesus seeing someone. And you know what Luke is trying to show us is not just that he, you know, he saw her, but he, he noticed her. He, you know, how many people know there's a difference between seeing and noticing, right? There's a difference. Your spouse comes home and you're like, hey, do you, uh, you notice anything? Yeah, I see you. You look great. No, 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 like, do you, you know, you notice anything? Like, yeah, you look, you look, you're like, no, no, did you notice something? Like, oh, I didn't notice, you cut all your hair off. Okay, like, you know, <laughs> there's a difference, my wife didn't do that, but there, there, there's a difference between seeing and noticing, and Luke is saying, Jesus noticed her, he saw her, he cares about you, and this is part of his theme. Like we said, this story is just a piece of the puzzle that Luke is painting, and Luke chapter four, the beginning of this section Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah. He's talked about the kingdom of God. He says, I've come to, uh, to proclaim release for the captives, freedom for the captives, and good news to the poor. And when he says poor, yeah, he does mean financially poor. That's absolutely true. He also means those who are of a poor social status, those who are outside social circles or religious circles. If you feel like you're on the outside, Jesus says it's especially good news for you. So for us, you know, it's kind of an interesting thought experiment. Think about who you would find. It'd be kind of like a little strange if they came in church, like, like everybody's welcome here. But if they came, though, that'd be kind of weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's who Jesus is talking about, that I've come to proclaim good news for the poor. Jesus says the kingdom of God is good news for those people. So a widow who has nothing to provide for herself, he saw her. He cares for her. And I don't care who you are today. 
I don't care if you feel like you're on the inside of religious circles or you're on the outside of religious circles. Jesus sees you. Jesus notices you. Where is God when you hurt? He cares about you. You may feel like, I don't feel like I'm on the inside. I'm not sure where I land on the whole God thing. I don't know if I'm really a Christian. I don't think. Jesus sees you. Jesus notices you. He notices your hurt. If you say, well, I, I've, I've grown up a Christian my whole life. I've been in church, but I've kind of been going through some doubts. I, I'm not sure. I kind of feel like I'm on the outside a little bit. Jesus notices you. Jesus sees you, and he cares about you. Where is God when you hurt? He cares about you. And what else does Luke show us? Jesus overflowed with compassion. He loves you. Right, the NASB I read from, it says that he, he felt compassion for her. ESV says that. The NIV says his heart went out to her. His heart went out to her. And the NLT, yeah, says his heart overflowed with compassion. It overflowed. He had so much, it was coming out of him. Overflowed with compassion. Now, this is cool. The Greek word here, the, the root word that's used here, it, it's the Greek word, ready? It's called splagnon. Look at your neighbor and say splagnon. Just, just do it real quick. Look at your neighbor, splagnon. Say it to each other. It's kind of like the sound if you like put your finger down your throat like oh, splagnon, right? That's kind of like the sound it makes. But it's, it's interesting that that is the sound because that's what it means. It means the depths of your being, sure, your heart, but really more it's actually referring to like your livers, your intestine, your, your bowels, the inside of you, he overflowed with, with splagnon. So Luke is showing us a deeply emotional Jesus. There's no stronger word that could be used to represent the depth of your being. Jesus is emotional. Jesus had splagnon. And so where is God when you hurt? The same way that Jesus felt towards this woman, splagnon, compassion, overflowing, that's the way he feels about you. Where is God when you hurt? He cares about you. He sees you. He notices you. And he loves you. When you hurt, his heart hurt. He, he has compassion for us. But not only that, Luke shows us that Jesus touched the coffin. He comes to you. He notices you. He sees you. Jesus, it says he walked over to the coffin. He touched it. And the bearers stopped. They came to a halt. This was shocking. Scandalous. This is like outrageous that Jesus would do this. And, and forget about for one second. Just don't worry about the religious and historical context. Like if you were at a funeral, and, and for some of us, again, it's a little raw because it's, it's been kind of recent that we've been at one. And you're with your family, and it's somebody that you love, and, and you're there. And somebody you don't know comes up to the coffin and touches it and is, you know, starting to talk to you. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is weird. And so now add the religious and historical context. This would have been unimaginable for Jesus to do. This is crossing the line. The Pharisees, the religious leaders at that time, they had 613 very strict laws that you had to live by. That's how you pleased God. And one of those laws was to not touch a dead person or anything that was dead. Not to touch anything that touched anything that was dead. And if you did, you had to go through these purity rules, blah, blah, blah. You know, for us, it's kind of like quarantine. <laughs> you had to quarantine if you touched it. It's like, yeah, it's a little close to home. 
But that's what it was like. And so Jesus, he's, what is he? He's, the, he's a prophet. He's, he's the son of God, and he, he does this. I mean, I read in one place that, oh, the, the bearers, they came to a halt. They must have had faith in Jesus. They knew he was going to do something. I'm like, I don't know. I read it like, they're like, what are you doing? They're so shocked because Jesus crossed the line. But that's the whole idea. Where is God when you hurt? He crosses the line. He comes to you. Jesus sees you and he loves you and he comes to you. Jesus crossed the line for you. I don't care how you feel or who you are today. If you, again, you feel like you're on the outside, Jesus cares for you. He crosses the line for you. If you feel ashamed about your past, Jesus crosses the line for you. If you're stuck in habitual sin, you're, you're ashamed of yourself. God, I have to clean myself up. God can't, he, he doesn't see me, he doesn't care. He comes to you, he crosses the line for you. If you've been hurt, maybe even by somebody in church, that, that honestly is, is really common. You, you're hurt by somebody in church. Jesus sees you and he crosses the line. He comes to you. Where is God when you hurt? He cares about you. He loves you. And he comes to you. He doesn't leave you alone. Just like this widow, he saw her and he didn't leave her that way. He didn't just have splagnon. He did a miracle in her life. And he brought back to life this person she loved. And not only that, he restored her life back to her. Right? Because she couldn't provide for herself. So not only did he do an amazing miracle, and not only did, did he bring somebody that she loves back from the dead, which is amazing, but he restored her life back to her. And I know that Jesus can do that in your life as well. He comes to you. But again, this story, it is part of a larger narrative that, that Lucas is trying to show us right now. This is a piece. It's an amazing story, but it's kind of like a bullet point in, in what else Jesus is doing to show the kingdom of God. And one of the larger points that Luke is trying to show us is that Jesus is God in the flesh, that he's with us. I mean, look at the people's response. They said, a great prophet has come. Wow, God has visited his people. And totally, I mean, they're on the money, right? I mean, this is pretty amazing. If you saw this, it says fear gripped them. I'd be a little spooked too, <laughs> right? But Sure, Jesus, he's the prophet of God. He spoke on God's behalf, and they feel like, oh, God, you know, visited us today because of a miracle. Sure, yeah, that God was here. But what they're not seeing is that Jesus doesn't just speak the words of God. Jesus is the word of God. That God didn't just visit his people by doing a miracle. That Jesus was God in the flesh, and he was there that day, and he did a miracle. Jesus is God in the flesh, and he's with you. And I don't know who you are today. It doesn't matter what your experience has been. This picture of God, this is who God is in your life. Where is God when you hurt? It could be, again, that through church, a church experience, a pastor, somebody, a board member, somebody at church, you've been hurt. You've been burned. They didn't represent God. This is the picture of God. Maybe for you, even, it was, it was apparent. They didn't represent God to you. You're hurt. Where's God when you hurt? You talk about God being a, a good father. That's nice, because I didn't have one. Where's God when you hurt? But this picture of God, this picture that we see that Luke is painting, this is what God is like. 
Jesus is the exact representation of God. And sometimes we think, God, he's old, he's cold, he's in the sky. Now, last week, Pastor Jeff made a joke, and, like, nobody laughed. This was fun. I thought this was hilarious. He said, you know, like, sometimes we view God in the Old Testament like he's old and he's grumpy, right? And he's so nice in the New Testament. Like, somewhere in there, he, he got saved, he became a nice guy, and, and now he, all of a sudden, he's nice. And, like, <laughs> I thought that was funny, but we, we think of God that way sometimes, like, he's so, you know, He's old, cold in the sky. No. And Luke is showing us this picture. This is the picture of what God is like. He loves you. He's with you. We act sometimes like this this life, it's just a gigantic moral test, right? That God, he just wants us to do all the right things. It's a moral test. Most of us are going to fail it. Uh, A couple of us might pass. And if you do, you probably get to go to the good place. The rest of us go to the bad place. And that's the point of life, and that's God's whole objective, is just to see if you can make it. No, we're missing the point. God loves us, and he is with us. Jesus is a representation of God. This is what the New Testament says, and it's what Jesus himself declares. He says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And you know what else Jesus says about himself? Jesus says that he's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And this is something that was coming up for me the last couple weeks, thinking about Jesus as our good shepherd. He says in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Psalm 23, really famous psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And it was written by a former shepherd, about how God is our shepherd and we're kind of like sheep. And at the end, he says, Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And Pastor Jeff pointed out, if you were here last week, uh, during worship, actually, he just talked about how that word follow isn't really even a great translation of that word. It's like a chasing after, a hunting down. And so, if God is, is my good shepherd, if Jesus is my good shepherd, Goodness and love come after me. Jesus is God in the flesh. He loves you and he's with you. Jesus is the good shepherd. He leads us. He's with us. Even in the tough times, even when I'm hurting, even when my circumstances don't change. And that may be it for some of us in the room as well. You hear a message like this, you say, Matt, I already knew this. I already knew God was with me. I already knew God loves everybody. That's nice. But nothing is changing about my circumstance. But Jesus is still the good shepherd, and he's still with you. I talked to the Pastor Jamal about this. You know, he's so good when we talk about these types of things. And the question is, is he still worthy? Jesus has the power to change your circumstance. That's what we see in this story. He can do a miracle in your life. But even if you find your circumstances not changing, is he still worthy? Is he worthy for you to follow? Even when you find yourself in the valley and you look around and you say, I just kind of thought I was going to be out of here by this point, is he still worthy? He's still your good shepherd and he's still leading you through that. Where is God when you hurt? He's right there. 
Where is God when you hurt? He cares for you. He loves you. He comes to you, and he's with you. Where is God when you hurt? He's right there. For many of us, this may just be a reminder today, and that's cool with me because Peter says that. I know you know these things, but you need to be reminded of them. And for those of us today who are here, who are hurting, maybe we know the Lord, we may just need to be reminded of this today, that Jesus is with us. He's right there. God's not old, cold, and in the sky. He's with us, and he loves us. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, or you're not sure where you land on those things, don't let a false view of God keep you from him today. Don't let a false view, a misrepresentation that somebody else has done in your life, don't let that stop you from encountering Jesus as your good shepherd. He is the one that has the power. He's the one that satisfies. Don't go somewhere else for comfort because it can't satisfy you anyway. It's all in Jesus. This is what else he says in John 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give to them eternal life and they'll never perish and no one, we could say nothing, will snatch them out of my hand. And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Could we just take a couple of minutes today to spend some time in God's presence with the good shepherd? Pastor Bonnie, if you want to come, let's put some uh, music behind us. Could we just take a few minutes and do that today? And maybe you say, Matt, God's with me. I I get it. I, I knew that already. That's fine. Then maybe you just need to submit your heart to him this morning. Maybe you, you feel inside that like, you know what? Well, I know God loves other people. I know he's with other people. I know he does stuff. But when it comes to my life, I just haven't seen him do anything lately. Maybe you just need to submit your heart to him today. And I want to close this way because I feel that this is exactly what we should be doing. I kind of wanted to tag on like a whole application to this. Like, all right, so you have to represent God's compassionate love to five people this week, come up with five people's names. And I was like, you know what? That's just like not what this is. This is not what it's causing us to do. This is about Jesus being with us in our hurt. That's what this is about. And so can we take a couple minutes today? And just be in his presence, the presence of the good shepherd. You can stand with me if you're able as we, as we uh, begin to close today. And I mentioned to you in the beginning of this service that, uh, you know, I said, I opened with talk about anxiety. And I was like, you know, just kind of this moment. And the next couple days, honestly, I was really... Uh, I don't know, I was asking some questions and I was disappointed in myself. I was like, God, you know, do I, do I not have faith in you? Like, Lord, do I not love you enough? Like, I, you know, I had this moment and I was so afraid and I, I wasn't thinking, you know, God, what was the problem? And, you know, where is God when you hurt? He's right there. And he's our good shepherd. He, he's tender and kind. And he knows exactly what you need. It was a couple days later that, you know, just long story short, um, you know, God put a scripture on my heart. It was Romans 8, 23. And, you know, the way it just, it clicked for me. It was exactly what I needed. It was such a matte way of it coming to me. And, and when I read it, it just says, you know, not only the creation, but we ourselves, we groan inwardly as we await the adoption as sons and daughters 
as we await the redemption of our bodies. And it, it just, it, it clicked for me. It was what I needed. God knew exactly what I needed in that moment. And for me, it was one scripture verse. And for this woman, it was, it was one touch, one touch of the coffin, one touch of her son, and everything changed. For you today, maybe it's one touch. Maybe it's one scripture. Maybe it's just one moment this morning. But can we spend a few minutes in God's presence? Where is God when you hurt? He's right there with you. These altars are open. If you want to take a minute, I want to allow Pastor Bonnie to play. Look, I got a barbecue after this. I got something going on too. But when we think about freedom today, July 4th, man, we have freedom to be in God's presence. And I think the truth of this scripture is so important for us to remember. Don't rush out of here. Where is God when you hurt? He's right there with you. Let's take a minute and spend some time with the Good Shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What you can do if you want, you can spend a minute at your seat. You can turn around and make your, your seat an altar if that, if that helps you to focus for a second. Where is God when you hurt? I think everybody in here, there's, there's some type of situation that we're facing. I believe God can do something in your life. He can do something today. But you may find that your circumstances don't change right away. But then take this moment to submit your heart to him, to remind yourself that he is the good shepherd. God feels splagnon for you when you hurt. We think, we said God is old, cold, and in the sky. Sometimes maybe we like it that way when we hurt. We kind of want God to be distant or indifferent towards us because I'm hurt at the fact that my, my situation hasn't changed and you haven't done anything, God. And so I know he loves everybody. I know he's with me. And so, maybe you've been keeping your heart distant from God. Maybe you can take that minute today. Lord, I submit my heart to you. Thank you, God, that you care for me. Thank you, God, that you come to me. Just like you did with the widow in that story, Lord. We're so thankful, God, that you see us and you notice us and you care for us in our hurt and in our pain, Lord God. And not only that, Lord, you don't leave us where we are. You come to us, you love us, and you're with us. You are right there in our heart, God. your heart in the streams of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the wave of his mercy. As deep cries out to deep, 
When I don't know what to say, I pray, come, Lord Jesus, come, come, Lord Jesus, come, oh, won't you? thank you, Lord, for the freedom that is found in your presence and the freedom to come to you, Lord, that our sin does not hold us back from coming to you. And Jesus, that you cross the line and come to us in our hurt. For those of us that need to be reminded of that today, Lord, we, we submit our hearts to you. And God, I pray that we would feel your presence, that we would know your love is with us, God, and that even if we find ourselves in the midst of a valley experience, that, that we're reminded that you are our good shepherd and you're with us and you're leading us and you're worthy, Lord. No matter what our circumstances look like. We thank you for the opportunity to come together, Lord God. We pray that you'd be with us the rest of today and all of our different plans that we have going on. And God, that you would be glorified in all of our gatherings today. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.